Hi, this is Nancy Olson Livingston, and welcome to TV Confidential. Robertson, welcoming you to this week's edition of TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Then we'll welcome back Rich Little in our second hour. Rich Little, America's master mimic. Rich was recently appointed by the Governor General of Canada to the Order of Canada. The Order of Canada, an honor bestowed to a select number of Native Canadians every year for their service to society, their innovations, and their compassion. In Rich's case, his accomplishments include not just the many hours of laughter that he has brought us as an entertainer, but also his humanitarian efforts, which include his support of our veterans and first responders and their families by way of the Gary Sinise Foundation. We'll talk to Rich about his support of our veterans, as well as what it means to be recognized with the Order of Canada. Rich Little will join us in our second hour. We have to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll begin our first hour by welcoming legendary broadcaster Fritz Coleman, if you listen to us in Los Angeles or thereabouts, you know Fritz Coleman as the affable weatherman on KNBC Channel 4 for almost 40 years, drawing on his background in stand-up comedy to deliver upbeat and whimsical weather forecasts every night, twice a night at 5 p.m. and 11. If you don't listen to us in L.A., you've probably seen Fritz Coleman in various TV shows and TV movies, and no doubt Recognize him by his silver hair, trademark, oversized glasses, and long, angular face. Fritz retired from KNBC Los Angeles a couple of years ago, but he finds himself busier than ever. He is the co-host of a very successful podcast called Media Path, which recently marked its 100th episode. He has also recently returned to performing stand-up comedy, as well as written a couple of one-man shows, which we'll tell you more about in just a second. In the meantime, we began our conversation by telling Fritz, what's fun just learning about you is you've got about 10 years on me, but we're about from the same era and all of that. And you're really a throwback to local, back when local television personalities meant something. Well, that's an interesting point. I, I mean, the business has changed so much. I was hired as a comedian from the comedy store. I mean, it had nothing to do with weather credibility. Yeah. It was a, it was a communications job. And I always said that my job during the newscast was to be the palate cleanser between the tragedy <laughs> and the sports. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And But it, it, it's so different now, and uh, uh, it... You know, because the competition is more intense, there are more stations doing news simultaneously. We're in a darker world where the news is darker. So uh, all that to say you're you're 100% right. It was a different time. Very much so. I mean, I, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. So at the same time, we had uh, we had a guy named Pete Giddings who was on the ABC affiliate yep. who was a bona fide licensed meteorologist. And yeah. that was very prominently displayed. Uh, you know, on, on the call screen, and he knew it. He was good, and he knew it, you know. But but at the same time, on what is now the local Fox affiliate, you had the, – the weather was split by a guy named Bob Wilkins, who you know, was a local personality who was most, mostly known for hosting the Creature Feature show on Saturday night. You right. know, but back then, you can get – as long as you could, you know, read off the teleprompter and hit your mark, it didn't matter – 
whether you're licensed or not, as long as you can convey information in an interesting way to keep people tuned in for the sports report in 10 minutes. You know, that's so interesting that you say that because people ask me that all the time. We go through these phases in local news uh, in the weather department. You know, it, it started out where to get hired to do the weather, you had to be able to write backwards with a grease pencil mm -hmm. and make little characters. Yep. And then you got into the really attractive women phase yep. where you know, they were in slinky cocktail dresses. And then that went away. And then you got back into the men. And, uh, and now you're going through another phase with uh, very attractive women doing it. Not, not all of them, but very attractive women. The only difference is now these women all are, have AMS seals, American Meteorological Society seals. These women have degrees in meteorology or atmospheric sciences. There are no joke. People say, how do you feel about all these attractive women? You know, just as they look good. I said, it's not because they look good. You have to have, these days, because of climate change and competition, you have to have the meteorology degree, they call that seal in the lower right-hand corner. And I, if I was forced to get a meteorology degree, I never would have been hired because I was so bad at math. I, I, I'm clueless about that. It's just a different era. And now you have to have some credibility because weather's being taken very seriously. Well, you may not have a degree in meteorology, Fritz, but you have a, you have a degree in broadcasting, and that's, that, that's borne out by the fact that you are with the NBC affiliate in the number two television market for almost 40 years. And that wouldn't be, that would not have happened unless you were good at what you did and you showed a certain level of versatility, which you draw on now with your media path podcast. Well, I appreciate that so much. Uh, I really feel, and I think anybody who appreciates the luck they've had and the career they've had would say the same thing. I feel like I was in the business at precisely the right time. I was in sort of the tail end of the, you know, the real power personalities, the Tom Brokaw and the Tom Snyders and the Kelly Langs and the Brian Gumbles. All they all worked at Channel 4 in Los Angeles. And those were, you know, talents of national stature. And they all, Channel 4 in Los Angeles was one of their stopping points. And I was sort of on the tail end of that. But we were still uh, a station of big personalities, and then they just slowly drifted away. But back when I started, there were only three stations. There was you know, two, seven, and yep. four, mm -hmm. ABC, NBC, and CBS. And then the independents, the CWs, and all these other stations, 9, 11, 13, all came on. And then everybody's doing news all day long, and it got very, very competitive. And then they shortened the amount of time we got to talk. I mean, I used to be able to do five minutes in the 5 o'clock news budget throwing a funny story that mm -hmm. I found or something like that. And then when I left, my career was nine seconds to two minutes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you add to that the shortening American attention span. It's, I just feel like I, I got in when, it was, when the getting was good, not when, I, when you could still use your personality a little bit. Not, not only that, and you may or you may not want to comment on this. I mean, you, you've been out of television for three years now, so you may or may not want to comment on this, but... In the last 10 years, all of a sudden, everybody stands. Everybody stands when they – I mean, you stood when you delivered the weather because, you, you know, you got to work the board and you got to point to the difference between uh, Topanga and, 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 and Los Feliz or whatever. But today, everybody stands because some media consultant says you look more important if you stand while you're delivering yeah. the weather. And that's, very, that's an interesting observation. Yes. Right. I, mean, I, I would imagine that might be something you draw on in your stand-up when you're not doing your podcast. 
Well, people always say to me, uh, you look so much taller in person. And and I said, but I was, you know, you know the, the anchors sit, and many times there's competition between the anchors. If one is taller than the other, one will sit in a phone book so they don't look much shorter. <laughs> and so uh, I would say, well, because I stood, and, and the perception is that I was, you know, a lot shorter because I was the only person standing. Because we had to walk when we would do the old family shot, what they call the family yep. shot, where I'd stand next to the desk and the two anchors were there and we'd all pretend we loved one another. And then I'd start the weather and I'd walk over to the car machine and that was in a different part of the studio. So I, you're right, I was standing and walking. Yeah, the, the, the family shot is, folks, that's the shot where you see everyone together just before they throw it to the network uh, feed at, uh, at, at at 8 o'clock or 11.35 for the Tonight Show or so forth. Uh, no, that's 100% correct. And, and they would do it coming in and out of commercials so that there would be, at, at times, it was the only chance you could be a human being on the newscast <laughs> where you're interacting with your coworkers. But as time went along, that stopped, too, because they just didn't want to develop the time. Yeah. And so it, it, it's, you know, it, it's changed so much. It's it really, and quite honestly, streaming television is really putting a crimp in network prime time. And it's going to be very interesting to see where everything goes. There'll always be a market for local news, local information. But I, I do believe that over the next five years or so, the delivery system of local news is going to change because leaning in and out of the prime time is not going to be how they survive. Because prime time is struggling. The only things that really do well these days are live events like sportscasts. Yep. Uh, sports events, they, they still uh, gather a big male audience. But there's no more appointment television. Like everybody sat down at 8 o'clock and watched Seinfeld. And, you know, let's get dinner done and the kitchen cleaned up and we'll all sit here and watch it. You watch TV, you know, it, it's a buyer's market now. You can control when you watch everything because of streaming. So it's just a whole different landscape now. On the line with us is Fritz Coleman. Fritz Coleman, longtime weather reporter for KNBC Los Angeles, or as they call it today, NBC4. They don't they don't refer to local stations by their call letters. It's all NBC4 or CBS, CBS2 or right. ABC. So, but that's another conversation uh, down the road. Fritz Coleman, longtime weather reporter for KNBC Los Angeles. Fritz is now the co-host, along with... Louise Palanker of Media Path, Media Path, a podcast that not only takes a look at what has defined our media for the past half century, but takes its listeners on a journey of remembering, learning, and reevaluating our shared memories and histories. Each episode of Media Path also includes conversations with a wide range of guests, including such stars as Henry Winkler, Grammy Award-winning songwriter Diane Warren, Pat Boone, Butch Patrick of the Munsters, and Congressional Leader Adam Schiff. You can listen to Media Path wherever you find podcasts. It's also available on YouTube along with it's, – it's an audio-only show, but like on the YouTube, for example, you'll have like pictorial images of some of the things you may talk about in your various conversations. You, you described it even better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, congratulations. You recently cleared the 100th episode, Mark. A lot of people, when they decide to do a podcast or when they think about doing a podcast, they don't always stay with it once they realize there's a certain level of commitment required if they want the podcast to grow and succeed. But we mentioned earlier, you, you were with KNBC for 39 years, so you're no stranger to commitment. 
But you also have to, if you're going to do a podcast, you also, you also have to enjoy what you're doing. And you that's never been a problem for you either. Well, you're 100% right on that. I, I, I had to humble myself to the podcasting universe. I had no experience in it. I was contractually obligated to NBC4 and wasn't allowed to do outside media stuff. But uh, my co-host, Louise Palanker, uh, has been in podcasting for a while. She's been, she's been a part of or ran five podcasts and knew all about it. Mm-hmm. So when I, we've been friends for 35 years. She uh, produced a couple of my one-person shows. Uh, we've been friends forever. We have a similar mind about uh, music and pop culture and books and politics. And we just said, why don't we just continue what we have in our daily conversations with one another on a friendly basis and include people in it, the podcast. So that's what we do. And and you probably learned this lesson a lot earlier than I did, but if, when you humble yourself to the podcast, you can't look at it like the overnight ratings and television where ooh, we went up a quarter of a point last night, things are looking good. That's not what happens in the podcasting world. You just have to slowly build, and you have to carve yourself out of 150,000 American podcasts and hopefully grow an audience slowly and steadily. And fortunately, we have people like you who can help us to spread the word. And it's, it's a whole different mindset. But what I love about it is it's relaxed, it's conversational, and quite honestly, even when I'm off the podcast, just in my life, I love having conversations about things I don't know anything about, and that's the great joy for me. Yeah, and w- w- one other difference between podcasting and traditional um, media is that with, say, radio, if you're given a two-hour time slot, you have to make sure that you that the program you deliver is exactly 120 minutes, not 120 minutes and 10, not, 100, not 118 minutes, because you have a set number of minutes to fill and whereas a podcast it could be it could be 20 minutes one week it could be 40 minutes the next the next week's depending on you're right and you you don't have to do act breaks like build toward a commercial break and then sort of rebuild momentum after the commercial break and you know you have the freedom to talk uh, about politics not so much with us but with our guests you know if language gets a little salty nobody cares you know it's a it's a whole different thing it's a, it's a really, it's a much more intimate uh, medium, and I'm really loving learning it. And not only that, you by your own admission, uh, and Louise's own admission, you cater, I mean, you reach for the largest audience as possible, but, you know, you tend to cater to uh, older viewers, which is what I try to do with my program as well. And uh, mm-hmm. going back to commitment, you know, and the fact that you were with the same employer for 39 years, that's a value that boomers especially appreciate. I, I think you're uh, uh, very, very right about that. And, and it's just, it was just sort of a natural gravitation to that sort of media. For instance, we have the most fun uh, interviewing people like Henry, uh, who, who uh, were heroes for us in our growth period, 70s and 80s television. We've interviewed uh, people like uh, Gary Puckett, who had many top 40 hits when I was in radio. Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers and people of our era, boomers, music. That's what we sort of really revel in when we get it. But we had John Sebastian of the Loving Spoonful the other day. He was hysterical. He's a crotchety old man as I am, and we had so much fun with him. And but but uh, you know, artists from our era always really get our attention going. We just love that, and our our, our listeners 
seem to reflect that as well. Yeah, I mean, if you can, you, you identify with a certain niche or a certain segment of the audience, and you, you, you cater to that audience as you establish your basis, as you continue to mark your path and probably grow wider. That's, that's the goal, to be honest with you. You, you be patient with it. You don't uh, drill down every day on how many viewers are listening and all that. You just build slowly, do the best you can, and gradually people find out about you, and it's, uh, it's wonderful. Fritz Coleman co-hosts uh, the Media Path podcast along with Louise Palanker. Media Path is a show that Fritz and Louise describe as boomer nirvana. And, and, and that it, it, it takes a look at what has defined our media over the past half century. It also features a personality, songwriters, people like John Sebastian, Gary Puckett, um, Henry Winkler, people who helped define music and television, uh, politics, uh, everything that is, is part of the soundtrack of our lives. You can listen to Media Path, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you find podcasts and i understand you know part of the format of the show is that you begin uh each edition just kind of touching base on whatever you're listening to or watching these days no that's exactly what we do that's how we start the show for instance uh i love documentaries of finding a new documentary on tv we, we found a new documentary that paul mccartney's daughter did about the history of apple records and the recording at, at their big studio there that Everybody, in, in, if there was anybody in Britain, recorded at Abbey Road. And, and so I talk about that for five or six minutes, and then we will talk about a book or uh, some other uh, show, and we just exchange ideas. They're not reviews. They're just things that w- w- have been called to our attention over the past week or two that we think are worth sharing with our listeners that they might enjoy. So that's always fun. And then we, if we've both seen the same product, we exchange just some kind of brief conversation about it. And then we have our guests. It's kind of the same every week. At the risk of self-promotion, do you recommend other podcasts? Absolutely. No, we're going to recommend you. <laughs> just in my brief conversation with you, I can tell you you're very good at what you do, and uh, and I would be delighted to uh, have you on or share your podcast with other people. I may take you up on that. In the meantime, Fritz Coleman co-hosts, along with Louise Palanker, the Media Path Podcast, a show that Fritz describes as Boomer Nirvana and which takes a look back at the people, places, and things that have defined our media over the past half century. Take a quick time out. We'll talk some more with Fritz. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.